Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today's episode was actually recorded almost two weeks ago. Um, I have a special guest to share with you today, Mara Clearspring, and you've actually met her on the show before. She came, um, I think it was sometime last year, to talk to us about Reiki and shamanism. And I invited her back on the show to come and share with us some simple healing tools that could support us all during these times of quarantine. But again, this episode was recorded over a week ago, and so a lot has happened since the actual recording and conversation that Mara and I had. And so with that, I want to acknowledge um, all that is going on by saying a few things. One, um, just from my personal lens, it has been a very um, rough week and Uh, processing and purging and a lot of emotions in and out, up and down. And in this time, I've also been meeting every single morning with the Alchemy Circle. And we have been doing some beautiful work, uh, Reiki practices, doing Reiki for each other. And I am so thankful for that. But um, in these times, you know, I think it's important for all of us to acknowledge not only what is coming up for us, not only what we are triggered by, but the healing that we need and really honoring our own processes and having compassion, not only for ourselves, but all others. And it reminds me so much of the Reiki precepts. And the interesting thing is that in these times, there is so much, you know, back and forth of, you know, different points of view, um, different lenses of upset and just a lot of chaos and confusion. So again, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for us to honor what we are personally feeling and going through, having compassion for ourselves, but absolutely having compassion for what we see and the hurt and the suffering for those around us. And I want to highlight as well, you know, a lot of people I understand don't understand And if you don't understand, make sure that if you catch yourself judging what you don't understand, pause and question your compassion and your humanity. There are so many things that we are quick to judge when we lack understanding. And the best thing that we can do is ask, (laughs) ask questions, talk, seek clarity, try to understand. Again, coming into our compassion. It's all part of the work that we are committed to. It's all part of our practice. Again, I would point you back to the Reiki precepts. So just for today, you know, take a breath. Come into your body, your being. Hopefully you all are holding a space of love and compassion for our world, for all beings that we all receive healing in the highest and best way in these times, leaving no one out of that. Hopefully in these times, you can again, you know, learn some new things, honor what is coming up for you. Maybe learn something new, have conversations that are uncomfortable, but necessary in these times. Hopefully this also brings to mind our interconnectedness, the oneness that we all talk about in the spiritual realm. 
Again, what does that mean to you? What does that look like? And if you are separate from no one or no thing, how then would your compassion, your stance, your words, your actions be impacted? So I want to give special thanks again from to Mara for coming on Reiki Radio to share with us some simple tools for healing that could support us through the quarantine and what we're going through. But perhaps some of what she shares can also support you and what you are going through in light of recent events. I do want to say that if there is anyone out there, especially anyone um, that is struggling with what is going on right now, there is a lot of trauma, a lot of hurt, a lot being um, triggered and unearthed. And I can say, I mean, honestly, as a black woman, like what is going on right now is not just the recent events, but the culmination of what our experiences have been throughout our lifetimes and even, you know, what has been passed down through generations. So if anyone is struggling and needs just someone to talk to or would like to connect and have me hold space for session, um, again, specific to what is going on right now, please feel free to email me, reach out to me, and I will try my best to accommodate and hold that space for you. So that is all for now. I hope you all enjoy this episode of Reiki Radio. As always, I send love to each and every one of you. I will see you on the other side. We are back. We have the beautiful Mara Claire Spring with us again here on Reiki Radio. Mara, I'm so thankful that you agreed to come back and share some more insights with us. Thank you for being here today. Yolanda, thank you. We always have so much fun when we're talking and to get to do this again, it, it tickles my fancy. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, what could make us more excited than having these interesting conversations, right? My birthday twin. <laughs> so, yeah, and one of the things um, I just want to give everyone a little bit of an overview in case they missed the last interview. Mara is a shamanic practitioner. You also do shamanic practitioner trainings. You're also a Reiki master teacher. And I mean, you just have such a beautiful array of work that you provide, but also teach. And I know because I've been on both sides of the fence as um, a client and a student. So just want everyone to know um, they can learn more about your beautiful work by just going to maraclearspring.com. So write that down, check it out, or go in the show description. It'll be there. But today, Mara has agreed to talk to us about just some healing um, techniques and tools we can use for these times, these very strange times that we're in. So I want us to start out by asking you, how are you doing <laughs> in these times? It's a great question because I have been all over the map, just mm -hmm. like everyone else. I was really sick at the beginning of the year. I got that Saturn-Pluto conjunction reset a little bit ahead of time. So, and, and the test isn't easily available. So we don't know if I had the virus, but I think I did. Yeah. And it made me have to change everything the way I was starting the year. And then when we stepped into the reality of, we have to stay at home now. Right. I Just like everyone, I got hit with that 
that that shock, that awe, that oh, it, it really felt. Didn't it feel like running into a wall and saying, ouch? That, yes. That, I run into a wall. And I had to work through that. And, um, but, but meaning use all those wonderful techniques I like to show people, you know, use them for me and get to a place of, um, what do I do? You know, and, and how do I, how do I go from here? What happens next? That's the, the difficult thing about all this. There is no what's happened, what happens next. We have no idea. Right. Yeah. And that is a very interesting thing. And I think it's, you know, some people actually like the element of not knowing, whereas other people, it terrifies them, right? So it's just very um, interesting even seeing the different ways what this is bringing up in people. Some people are enjoying like creativity right now. Other people, of course, are freaking out for various reasons. So I wanted to ask you that as well, um, because you do work with a lot of people. What have you noticed in terms of what has been coming up for people? Have you noticed any themes or Oh, wow. Um, well, I think, I think the number one uh, thing that's common across any, any um, group of people, regardless of what their job or economic situation is, or their education or their age, is that sense of isolation. Mm -hmm. Even though we're all in this together, air quotes, um, there's still this, this isolation of, I can't go do the things I'm familiar with with. I can't be with the people I love. If I hug someone, I mean, it has to be someone in call our quarantine circle, right? And even then, it's just supposed to be someone in your household, right? right. It's very hard if you live alone. <laughs> and, and so I, I think loneliness and that sense of isolation is common across everyone that I've talked to, regardless of anything else that's going on in their lives. Yeah. And that's huge. And it's really, really huge. And it's interesting you say that because I am someone who I actually love alone time. I like to do a lot of things by myself, but because of what's been going on, yeah, it's like, I'm so desperate to go back home to the East Coast to see my family. And I'm like, oh, I just miss hanging out with my friends and doing, you know, things I guess I may have taken for granted before. Yeah, you know, this weekend, uh, that, that this is a Friday that we're recording this, and it is the first weekend that people are going to be allowed back in restaurants since whatever day it was in March that the right. stay-at-home orders were put in place in California. And you can feel the excitement, you know, and people are like, I get to go to a restaurant, and there'll be other people there. We'll have to wear masks, but we don't care. We right. just want to be together. And that's work for community animals. We are animals human and spiritual beings and our inner animal craves that sensate contact with others you and i we're aquarians we're really good at being with ourselves but we're also rebellious so if somebody tells us we have to do that that's right. the exact moment we need to be with somebody else right yes and that's so true. And that's exactly what it stirred up. I'm like, I know it's just because I can't. Why now all of a sudden I want to be a social butterfly. That's not really like me at all. But I wanted to ask you in this because I know personally from, and thank goodness, you know, doing the work that I've been doing with you recent, recently has been so helpful, even in my own process. And I just want to point this out for people who are healers or do healing work. You know, a lot of us show up for other people, but don't take the time to really show up for ourselves and that, you know, that's going to knock you out. So 
it's very important that we always, you know, manage our own space, do work for ourselves, our own healing. And so I've had the opportunity to do some very amazing work with Mara. Thank you, by the way, for all that you do and the space you hold. So I wanted to know what we can share with people. What are some things that people can do at home, things that people can do to support them in these times where they may be feeling off or just their stuff is starting to surface? Well, one thing that is important to do is have a list of people you can call. Mm. Okay, now this is outside of like a shamanic idea, but I think it's just one of those common sense things. Okay. Because just contact with another person helps us remember we are not alone. And if you're in that place of, of that, oh, I think I'm losing my stuff, you know, I'm losing myself here, you know. Um, if you've gotten to that point, then you probably aren't going to be able to hold space for yourself. Right. And so just being able to tell a friend, I, I'm, I'm cracking up here, tell me I'm not insane, is important. And that's what um, one of my, my clients did this morning. She, she called me, she was having a panic attack. Now she is at home with two little girls, her husband works for the military, so he was called on base, so he wasn't available. And she's freaking out. And she said, well, Mara said I could call her. Well, I'm just gonna try. And she was shocked when I answered the phone and I, I was able to, um, to, to be there for her. I'm not always able, people call, right. please leave a message. I had somebody leave a message that said, this is Sean, thank you. <laughs> I need more of a message than that. <laughs> But anyway, um, so I, she and I got a chance to talk and I could take her through a shamanic process that really helped her get her roots back in the ground and, and be with herself and not, not be in that panic place. Because here she's got these two little children that are like five and three years old or four and two, they're, they're really young. She doesn't have a space to freak out. Right. She needed to have some help with that. So having those phone numbers is super important. Um, having good breathing practices, super mm -hmm. important. Really, that whole thing about count to 10, while you're counting, please breathe. Because <laughs> it really does help. Right. And it does put you in a place where you can maybe start connecting a few more neurons about ways you could take care of yourself. Basically, it's self-care practices. Mm -hmm. And shamanism, like you were saying, especially when you decided to step into the healer role, we have to practice everything on ourselves that we want to be able to share with other people. Right. So those practices become, they're, they're in the next part of the list. Okay. I called these people. I got my act together. Now what is out of balance? That's what healing is, is putting things back in balance, right? What is out of balance that I can address right now? So when you're, when you're, when you're, and, and the other thing I would mention is um, be sure you have a, a candle lit somewhere. I've used the spirit of fire. Just literally see yourself throwing. I've got one over here. I recommend these. You know what this is? Yes. Solid candle. Mm -hmm. That's like doubling the power of that, the fire to, to transmute and the salt to help cleanse. Have one of these around the house. Keep it lit. And when you have something going on, energetically throw it in the fire and ask for it to be transmuted into a more neutral or even happy energy. And that's like, a quick thing that you can do while you're in the middle of things. 
That's a really good one. And I love that you point out um, the breath. Well, one, that you point out to connect with people or have a list of people you can call. Um, that's a very good idea. I mean, and even to have that moment of consideration, even recognizing like who we're able to reach out to um, in times of just need to vent or let it out or just be heard. And I think that's so huge. But the um, what you just mentioned with the candle, it brings to mind the management of our minds and like what we give our attention to what we focus our attention to so i know just from watching you even on instagram like you post like these beautiful pictures of being in nature you post the um the butterflies and the chrysalis like everything right so i wanted to know is that part of your healing practice is you know being out in nature rather than i don't know hours on tv like what are is that part of what you do to stay grounded? Oh, yes. I have a garden, a, mm -hmm. a, a beautiful shamanic garden. One day we'll, we'll, we'll go out there and take a look at that. Um, and I go out and work in the garden. I, I, I will take a day of uh, like half day on the weekend or something. This is my garden time to be in the dirt, connect with my plants. As a shamanic practitioner, you know, I talk to the trees, I talk to the rocks, I talk to the sky, I talk to the crows earlier before, before we got on right now. Yeah. We discovered there's a mulberry tree growing right here in front of my house. Wow. I didn't know it was a mulberry tree until I saw the berries on it yesterday. Grabbed me and I said, Penny, we have a mulberry tree. So, <laughs> so we, we spent a lot of time talking to the mulberry tree, gathering mulberries, which are delicious by the way, they're, yeah. they're fabulous. And um, connecting with a tree like that, appreciating it, sending and sharing energy with the tree is a fantastic grounding practice. And when I was talking to my client this morning on the phone, I said, are your girls okay? And had them sit up, sit in front of the TV, they were already there. Can you go outside? Yes, I can. Okay, let's go outside. What's something in nature that's real near to you? Well, I have these beautiful flowers out front. Fine. Go to the flowers. Touch the flowers. Notice how pretty they are. Smell the flowers. Okay, that's getting a person grounded back in the moment. But also you're inviting the spirit of the flowers to, to interact with you. Mm. Ask the flowers if you can borrow their roots. Put your hand on the dirt and let the dirt talk to your hand. And then I took her through the decoupling process in order to help unhook the fight or flight uh, syndrome that gets going when we when we get all in a panic attack and we get excited. So we can use the elements of nature to help us ground, get back in our bodies, get back associated with time in the present instead of screaming off in the future going, I'm so afraid, or drowning in the past going, I have so many regrets, I'm, I'm just lost in sorrow. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I love that because it's um, something that's accessible to most of us, right? I mean, just as simple as walking out your front door and allowing yourself to commune with nature. Um, or if you can't go out for whatever reason, maybe if you have plants in your home, is that just as a, in, um, impactful just to talk to the plants, the potted plants in your house? And do you do that as well? <laughs> yes. You know, if you're really like stuck, let's say like you're in an office, you can't go outside. Uh, you're not allowed to have potted plants because, you know, sometimes you get to control your pants office manager. I won't let you do anything. Get a bowl and put in it sand from the ocean, 
salt. It's like the, the ultimate um, panacea for so many things is salt. Mm-hmm. Have that salt there. You, cause you're not going to usually get to have a candle at work and, and use the salt to ground things. You could put items on the salt. You put shells, you put other rocks. It's, it's your, call it your Zen garden. Nobody needs to know what you're doing. It's my Zen garden on my desk. You know, I can't have a plant, but I can have these beautiful rocks or the shells I collected, or here's a sea star or whatever it is that helps you remember what it's like to just be a kid rolling down a grassy hill in the summer for fun, splashing around at the river's edge, gathering up shiny rocks because they look like gold. You know what I mean? Something that helps you access that feeling, even if you don't to the idea that there's a consciousness behind it. Right. Yeah. No. And I love that again, because it's so simple. It's so easy, but it's interesting how, when we actually do these things, and I always tell people some things we say, or we hear, we read, it sounds interesting, but we don't really know until we do it. Right. And then you have that experience of just talking to a tree or just sitting and touching a plant or, um, and the, noticing the shift just in how you feel or the calm that comes. I mean, it's profound. You know, I just thought of something. I want to show you something. I'm going to grab it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, this is, I, I, I haven't even, I don't think I've ever even told you this, but I'm actually a contributing author to a book. Oh, um, yoga for the brain. 60 authors. We all contributed to it. And we told a story, it's, it's from, um, I should know this better, right? Inspired Wisdom Word Search. So it's, it's combining playing games with having some um, philosophical ideas presented. And then the words out of those ideas, those essays, are, are used to create the games. And so I was asked to participate, and I did. And I, I, um, I wrote a little story, which is about the thing that you're talking about. I was at home. I was so upset. I was going through a lot of painful changes. And uh, this is a, a fair warning to anyone who wants to go on the shamanic path. Understand that you get to meet your shadow. Mm-hmm. Like today, the new moon in Gemini. What is Gemini about? The twins facing each other. And we're looking at our shadows today, even in the dark of the new moon. And so in shamanism, you get to keep meeting your shadows because that's where the healing needs to happen. So I'm diligently meeting my shadows as I'm in my shamanic training. <laughs> and I'm peeping, I'm crying, I'm upset, I'm all tied up in knots. Like there's no way to express this. So I take a journey. This is how we, we learn to, to communicate with guides who are our special spiritual allies not just the rock or the tree but um my my bear um spirit guide or my wolf spirit guide you know they they want to talk to me so they tell me get up go outside take a walk ask for messages (sighs) okay get up i go outside and i take a walk i've gone the length of one and a half houses and there's a beautiful baby feather and you know, like a, a baby oh. hawk feather right in front of me on the sidewalk. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Cool. And then I'm, I walk along and I'm still crying, but I'm going, this is so beautiful. And I, then I find this beautiful wing feather from a crow on the sidewalk right in front of me. I'm like, huh? 
this is really getting interesting. There's the, you know, the innocence of youth that has, has to be shed like this feather. There's the crow, which is about universal law and magic and um, intelligence. And it's a wing feather, so it's about, you know, movement. And then I turn the corner and I find a third feather, which is incredibly rare in my neighborhood to find this particular feather because usually this bird is by the ocean. It was a large white heron feather. Wow. Or a snowy egret. I'm sorry, snowy egret feather. And I looked at that and I said, purity. Okay, I get it. <laughs> and, I, and I grabbed all three feathers and I took them back with me. I got these messages like that. Right. Because if you get really clear, I am surrendering, I'm allowing, I am asking, please tell me, I will listen. Then you, you, get, you get answers, you get messages pretty darn quick. Yeah. And so I, I didn't have to say, I need to talk to these birds. They came and they talked to me. That's a beautiful thing. So I have to ask you this for people that are listening, because a lot of people wonder, like, do I have guides? How do I communicate with them? How do I know? How do I get signs, symbols, all of these things? And from the, what you're describing, it sounds like, you know, you listened to bear and wolf and you just, you went outside and, you know, you saw these different um, elements and it all made sense to you. But is that how you started to trust? I mean, did you, do you write down what comes through? Is it just asking a bunch of questions? What do you recommend to really tune in to that guidance for ourselves? I think, um, and that, that's, that's a good question because people are in pursuit of that all the time. Mm -hmm. They take mediumship courses. They take, um, uh, Claire, Claire, what do you call it? Clairvoyance courses, uh, psychicism. They, they, they're re they really, really want to know. And there's a lot of ways to, to find out. Right. For me, um, it began with, uh, when I was really small. Mm. So I think anybody who has any kind of shamanic urges within them already knows and are, is listening already knows what I'm talking about. When, when they were actually able to like sit down and, 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 and see something nobody else could see mm. when, when they could go in, um, like I had a cat who, um, she could talk to me and I was going through a really tough time as a, as a real little girl, uh, some really tough times. And the cat would get up on the bed and literally look at me and I would hold her and tell her she was my best friend. She'd be like comforting me. Yes. I could talk in my yeah, it's crazy. So having that knowledge inside that there's something more than the five senses and the stuff that's on TV and the media and everything, there's something more than that that I can communicate with. That's the first step. Then usually there's some sort of a medicine experience that someone has. Maybe uh, a relative has died and we see that relative. Maybe they have what we call a medicine dream. When I was a, a kid, and I was really sick, I had a medicine dream. And I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a nightmare. But the dream was part of Bear healing me from a terrible fever. But it wasn't until, uh, you know, 30, 40 years later that I, I came to understand that that was when Bear came to me as a power animal. Wow. Because that's one of the rituals some shamanic peoples go through, get near death, get in a... Uh, physical peril and and a power animal takes pity upon you and shows up for you and says you know poor human i'm going to come help you out and, and and then you have this relationship 
with this power animal. And that didn't come back to me until I was in my 40s. And I kind of put all the pieces together and I actually saw my power animals show up. I wasn't even in a journey, Yolanda. I was just sitting in my garden and I was getting ready to take a journey. And then I see this giant grizzly bear and I realized that's not in the 3D world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty shocking, but it was also really wonderful. So to get started, you usually have an awareness of, of, of something beyond the five senses, and then you begin to, to have curiosity, and then you start seeking yeah. and start and trying different things to find out how does that manifest for me. I love that. And when you say that too, um, it even reminds me of the question. So today I read your shamanic weather and we are recording on the new moon in Gemini, but we'll be in Gemini season till what, like mid June. So mm -hmm. there were a few things that you mentioned in there too, that I think can help us a lot, like through these times. And one of them was asking more questions. And one of those questions you posed was just simply, what do I want? So I want to know if you could just like give a little more detail around like why that question even matters and how we don't really tune into that often. Well, right. We're kind of defaulting to people pleasing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a lot of us do that. And people pleasing is the opposite of what do I want? It's what do you want. Right. Um, well, right now, besides the fact that we're on the Gemini new moon, which is a powerful day to ask that question, because Gemini is really good at asking questions, they ask great questions. We're also in this Venus retrograde. Yes. And Venus is all about what are my values? What do I love? How do I feel about me? So you put that on top of this, this Gemini season, because she's in, she's in Gemini, and, and that it's the new moon, and it just kind of doubles down and then doubles down again on that whole essence of what do I want? So... I'll tell you, one of the things you can do is the things that we talked about when you realize you're freaking out. Please breathe. Please breathe deeply with thought and care. Please have something around you that helps you fling your, your um, uncomfortable energies toward a, a bowl of salt, a flame. A bowl of water is another thing you can use. I forgot to mention that. That was how we're using elements. Elements yes. are important in shamanism. And then literally put your hands on your heart chakra because that's where our love is and that's where our connection to love is and put a hand on your belly because that's where your desires are and your creativity and ask what do i want and look inside and find out what's in there and um ask for signs to help you understand so you might like i love Oracle cards. I've used the I Ching. I love um, in, in shamanism, we might go grab an item in nature, a rock or something, say, will you work with me? And then use the imagery that we see on that rock as part of a way of, of tracking the signs of what it is that's going on. And so if I, if I tuned into what do I want right now and I get an image, you know what I really want? Huh. I want an opportunity to go to Bali. Ooh. I've never been and I immediately saw this beach in my mind and me there and white sand and, and kind of a, a quiet ocean and me just breathing and being relaxed. So I've gotten kind of practiced, I think, at figuring out what I want. Yes. 
Yeah. But that, that's what you do. You start trusting. You ask your body, what do you want? My body's like, wouldn't it be great to just hang out for a month in Bali? Yes, it would. Thank you very much. Yeah. I actually, I love that because you remind me of two things. One, how, like, again, we don't check in and ask ourselves what we want. Um, but also when you said, okay, Bali, and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And you remind me of um, having to learn in this process to let go of the how sometimes. Because, you know, some people would say like, oh, what came up was a trip to Disneyland, but there's, and then we negate it, right? But there's no way, how, is it possible, on and on. So um, when, you do that, when you tune into yourself, is it just a recognition? Are you just allowing yourself to be open to all possibility? What do you recommend for people in that instance? So if your head likes to chase down your dreams and poke them with pins, then you're not in the place of being able to, to answer the I want. Hmm. it's more of what am I what am I doing to create problems for myself (laughs) what what am I believing in that isn't actually real I think that's another one of those questions on that list something along those lines so so you got to kind of backtrack to um uh, what you know what's what's in what's in the way Sean likes to say Sean's one of my teachers what's in the way Hmm. so is so finding out what's in the way can really help and that's I I guess the best way to answer the question, how do you find out what you want? You, you got to kind of break the process out a bit. So maybe literally get some paper because I think typing isn't as effective as writing. There's a yeah. whole, there's a whole thing about using your hands to write as opposed to your fingers to type. Start writing out the things that you want and notice what's coming up. If you have the argument in your head, it becomes very vaporous and it becomes a mood, and then you just want to run away from it and distract yourself with something else. So, right. so write it down. It's totally worth it. Just expressing all those doubts and all those worries, and I can't, it won't happen, it never worked before. Just write that crap down and mm-hmm. get it out of your head and get it out of the way. And maybe do a fire ceremony and burn it at that point. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, let's transmute that energy. It's not yours. It's something in shamanism. We we want to be extracting that energy. Literally, let's pull that energy out of you. So this is a way you can do the extraction for yourself, and then start to go back to uh, what is it that you loved when you were a kid? Hmm. What did you really love? Like I loved it when I learned how to cook something. I loved it when I, when I was growing roses and I saw the first buds coming out. I knew I was going to see flowers. Ah. I loved it when people remembered it was my birthday and surprised me with things. See, you, you start yeah. focusing on those things and it literally is creating an energy field. Right. And when you create that energy field, you start attracting more energy that matches that vibration. And things that you want become more possible. Jobs appear. Friends show up. The car starts working again. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know that sounds crazy, but literally I've raked people's cars to get them going. Yeah. I'm sure you can. Yeah. I've but heard really several stories it. about that. Yeah. Raking electronics. I've heard a lot of stories of, yeah, that happening actually. But it's, it's so beautiful and it's interesting um, hearing what you're sharing. And again, it, a lot of what you're saying is, like how we're directing our mind, but it makes me think of as well, you know, in this time where we really are forced to sit with ourselves, plus we're in the middle of like the retrograde season, 
wouldn't it be beneficial for people to maybe pause and ask themselves some questions to clarify whatever it is that may be coming up for them? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I've consistently uh, told uh, my, I have like students that are with me in, in groups for, for classes that go over several months. And then I have a, a private group of people where, you know, we've been working together for years. And, and so when I talk with them, I'm saying, please do yourself this huge favor and create some sort of daily practice that you do for yourself. And if you, if you make a list of 20 things and you just pick one, two, three things off that list every day and set, you know, first thing when you wake up or right after breakfast, try to do them early in the day. It will help give you um, this anchor point mm -hmm. in, in your life and not everybody else's and not the big panic and not the, um, the conspiracy theories and not, not, the, not the, the, the pain and lack and fear consciousness, okay? Your reality is all that really counts in the end. That's the only thing you could do anything about. Right. And so if you, if you start with that, if you start with having some sort of a basic practice, like I, I smudge every day. I use smoke uh, from a Palo Santo or sage and brush it over my energy field with the intention of clearing what happened overnight. What did I process overnight? You know, what, what kind of things are still sticking to me from the nighttime and, and cleanse that off and get ready for the day or um, draw an Oracle card and read it and be with it. These things help you stop and get off the, the, the routine track and into yourself again. And when you, when you do that, when you keep lighting your own fire and keep empowering yourself, then you're setting yourself up to be seen and heard and communicating with your spirit guides and your power animals. Yes, everybody has them. See, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And I, I want to ask about working with you um, more specifically in a moment, because again, like I mentioned, um, it really has. And I've told you even when we work together, how thankful I am that one, I have met you, but to have that space um, making the choice to create space for ourselves to work on our healing. I think it, 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 it's a, that in itself for me is healing because it's like this deep self-acknowledgement, you know, it's like really allowing myself to recognize like, yeah, you need something and we're going to support us and, you know, do this work. So I do want to talk a bit about that, but I wanted to ask you about um, the goddess circles that you've been hosting. Uh, one of the listeners of the show went to one that you did, I believe last month, she told me about it and she, Oh, it was the Beltane. Was it the Beltane ritual? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and she loved it. And so I wanted to ask, cause I know you've um, planned some more upcoming. So what are the goddess circles about and how can people join them? Well, I have um, a variety of, of things that I do. So the Shamanic Goddess Circle, that's a uh, monthly event that I've been um, collaborating with Diana at the Tree of Life with for 12 years. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that great? And uh, when this whole thing happened, we have, of course, had to cancel the April one. And then um, I got the brilliant idea, let's just do it on Zoom. And so uh, we, we, we did that, and it was great because people who are not local but wanted to attend, you know, in Maine and Connecticut and, and uh. in the East Coast, they could attend via Zoom. So I create a, a, a Zoom 
event and people can sign up for it. Every month we do something different in the shamanic goddess circle. We just did healing with Tara and I embody Tara. I literally, um, in, in shamanism, we call it merging in uh, Wicca. They would call it drawing down the goddess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I take everybody into a healing practice in, in that. In fact, it, it was so beautiful. I'm, I'm making a recording so I can share it with people later because the goddess circle is just for the women there. And, and so what, what we do there is private. So I don't, I don't, you know, publish it elsewhere. Right. But I also do shamanic healing circles that are for men and women, people who participate in shamanism or not. And I've started doing those on Zoom because I can't do them in my yard around the fire ring right now because we're not allowed to. Right. That's been going really well. And I try to make them earlier in the day to make it easier again for the East Coast folks to participate. And the sign up, all they have to do is, is whenever I, when I publish one, I haven't got one published right now because I've been so busy, but I'm going to have one soon. Um, sign up. And, mm-hmm. and then they get the information and then they just show up on Zoom and you don't have to do anything. Just participate by listening and, and sharing. People share things that have been going on for them. That's the thing. You know, it's so interesting when you say that, uh, how busy you are. Someone just asked me the other day, like how I'm doing, especially with everything going on. I'm like, I'm busier than I've ever been that I can (laughs) recall. But I think the beauty of it is it really points to how many people right now are starting to question and starting to say like, hey, what can I do to heal? Or I finally have the time and space to do this work and so on and so on. And so I wanted to ask you um, some more about the shamanic work that you do, um, because again, like I know firsthand how powerful it can be, but a lot of people don't necessarily understand like who it's for and why we would come to have shamanic work done, you know? So we may hear things like a shamanic journey or soul retrieval, but again, people are like, I don't really know what that's about or if it's for me. So who is this work really for? And like, you know, does it matter if you're familiar with shamanism or not? I love it. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. Where do I start? Shamanism is for anyone who wants to experience healing that is different from what we find in the mainstream Western uh, model. Right. That's because we are making changes at an energy level that trickle down into the physical level. I like to describe shamanism as a framework for understanding this, this spiritual world that is so, um, you know, hard to define. I mean, it literally doesn't have physical matter. Right. Shamanism comes from animism, which is the idea that everything has consciousness, everything has spirit, or as Yoda would say, use the use the force. <laughs> it, it is really, it is really understanding there's energy underneath everything and the energy has its own um, notions and motions and uh, feelings to it that, that we are coming to understand deeply interact with all of us for a shamanic practitioner or a shaman. And I, I make a line there because a shamanic practitioner isn't necessarily someone who comes from a an indigenous culture or from a specific line of shamans. Mm. Um, It's a person who's had the calling or perhaps has past life experience that is coming forth in this life. 
whereas a shaman is born into a tribe as far as far as I as I understand it and, and want to honor it. Right. So um did I lose my train? Did I jump off the train there? <laughs> <laughs> Who's it for? Who's it for? Who's it for it's for anyone who wants to to uh, experience healing and and hasn't had success in other areas or just feels really drawn to trying it. Um, when you first meet someone like me, the kind of work I like to do is let's go to the thing that's really in the way right now. And that's the energy that's in your body trying to fill the holes in your soul that exist because you've lost pieces of your soul due to trauma, illness, or even past life experiences. Mm -hmm. Stolen soul energy from you, which is really not good. And so my job, the first time you see me is to, spend some time with you talking, letting the guides kind of assess what's going on and then take a journey. That's how I do the work. I use a drum and I go into a sonic driven journey, change my brainwave state, literally go into an altered state and work with my guides and my power animals to take out of you this energy that, ha you know, mom told you stuff about you. That's not true, but you've got to believe it because you're a kid. And so now you have this identity thing going on. Like, okay. I was sharing the other day, my mom told me I had a bubble butt. So oh. <laughs> no problem with my ass because of that, right? Oh, my butt's too big. Um, <laughs> seriously, these things make us crazy, right? right. Um, or, or somebody overpowered you or you were in an accident or when your parents died when you were young or they had a divorce, that energy gets stuck inside of you. And so I go in and I, with my guides, I help extract it and go find that soul part that piece of energy that left because it was in peril and ask it to come back and help it come back and reintegrate with your energy. So by doing that, you get more in contact with your fullness, your wholeness and what it is you want in your yeah. life. You go back to your own truth. And then I will associate you with a power animal. I'd go find a power animal for you. And when we do that, we're asking an animal to come in that has strengths that we need. So when I was sick and I had this really high fever and my, my, my little body was going, geez, we might go get some pneumonia going here. We're really sick. The polar bear came in and said, I will cool your fever. Literally, you know, that's what happened. Broke my fever that night. And I, I wasn't just polar bear, it's just bear in general. I really relate with bear now. And that, that, that relationship then becomes something that I use going forward to do more healing for myself or working with other people. So if someone's having a problem like um, getting a new job, uh, working out uh, a relationship with someone that, they, that has gone south, uh, finding ways to make themselves sane when they have little kids and the kind of that generational thing, they're taking care of their elders or taking care of their kids. What do I do to take care of me? How do I create space for myself? How do I clear energy in my home so that I'm not constantly having to fight this? It's almost like when you're when the energy in your home is all stuck. It's like trying to run through water or sand, you know, it's hard to move. So I work with energy and it makes changes happen in a person's life. And I love, you know, because all of that is so relatable, but what I love about it is at the start when you're talking about working on the energetic level and it trickling down to the physical, because I think that is um, one of the key points to all of this work, right? Like really 
understanding how impactful that energetic layer is and how much really goes on for us even beyond or even prior to just the physical manifestation of things. I want to show you something we could do right now. Everybody can do this. They don't have to know anything and they can do this. They just have to be able to pretend a little bit. okay? Okay. So, and I'm sure you've heard about this idea that there's an eighth chakra above your head, right? And in this particular exercise, we call it your golden chakra. So imagine there's this golden ball of light above your head. You can do that right now. Just kind of see yes. that golden light above your head. And I, I want you to just put your hands together, namaste possession, position, raise them up into that ball of light, and then open the ball of light around you. So you're drawing it down around you, and you're actually inside this golden ball. And just push the edges out. And smooth them down. And now you've got this golden ball of light all the way around you. And then take your hands. Pretend that there's eyes on the palms of your hands. And you've got magic gold that can come out of the tips of your fingers. And scan the entire inside of this golden ball of light. And look for places where there's rips or tears. And weave them back together again. And look for places where it's rough. And make it smooth. And look for places where there might be a hole or something's poking through and push it back out. If it's too thick, if it's the wrong color, you know, it's got some kind of weird stain or something. Just make it all shiny and beautiful and golden. Perfect. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. It's just glowing inside. Ah. Now take your fingers down to the edge of that ball, poke through, and pull it back up over your head, drawing this ball of light back together into this perfect ball above your head, golden ball of light. And then put your hands around it and pull it down through your crown, your third eye, your throat, down through the center of your body, your heart and your belly to the root, and imagine it going all the way down into the earth and let it go. That's good. I love that you can literally feel the sensations of that, you know? Even when you just had um, the very first thing that you had me do or have us all do, bringing our hands up into the ball, it literally, I could feel, it felt I could feel it inside of my head, like some shift happening while simultaneously feeling my aura around me. It was very cool. What you just did was shamanic healing. Ah. The short. So this golden ball of light, we understand to be the blueprint of our soul, our Viracocha. Some people, I think, connect it with Akashic Records. This is the Peruvian technique. And uh, our, I was taught by Dr. Violdo. And... Um, what we're doing when we go inside the seat of our soul, uh, this, this blueprint, is we're literally where all, all the action is, all the things that have been activated. When we're smoothing everything down, we're, we're cleaning up whatever the messes are that are going on right now. We're doing shamanic healing work. And then when we pull it back down through our bodies, see our whole blueprint for our body is contained in this. 
So when, or there we go, this. <laughs> so when, when we clean this up and we pull it through, it reinforms all of our chakras of the changes we just made at the soul level. Ah, okay. Clean things up. Now you can um, just do that. And every day you're going to, it's going to help you feel a little bit better if you do that every day. And, and it's cumulative. So just yes. like any of the practices that I do, the more I do them, the, the more the more solid the, the effects are and um, long lasting, like any muscle that you work out. Keep working yeah. it, it's gonna be stronger and leaner. I love that you're giving us like very practical tools and things that people, again, like just listening right now, I mean, you've said several things that we can do that will help create significant change, um, you know, just for our benefit and goodness, you know, just like you said at the very beginning, we don't know what's coming next and we don't know <laughs> what to expect. And so there's really um, nothing else we can do, but be present and in the moment and like really take advantage of the space and time that we have to be able to focus on our healing work because most people don't have the time in the day to do it the way that we may be having now. Right. And because people are stressed out, it is harder to focus in, slow down, and meditate. Mm -hmm. So if you start with these little things that I've been showing, from putting a few grains of salt under your tongue, that'll help round you, <laughs> to um, uh, lighting a candle and just sending into the candle the thing that's at the top of your list of stressors. Yeah. If you just do those little things and you start believing, it will give you or let you give yourself permission to spend maybe five minutes doing something, you know, and, and yeah. you will get results. Ten minutes, you will get results. It will, you will feel better and be more eager to put yourself into a practice going forward from that. It, it's kind of like you're tricking yourself a little bit, but I think it's worth it because that's what it needs sometimes. Our inner child is freaking out right now. Right. We don't like the uncertainty. Yet uncertainty is all that is there. And it's all that's ever been there. The thought that things were set in stone and that we knew what we could count on was an illusion to begin with. I love that. And I don't know where this is coming from, but this question is coming up to ask you. So I'm just going to, because we did mention um, Gemini season and you talked about looking at our shadow and all of these beautiful techniques again could support us in this work and in this do you think that we're developing a different type of relationship with the shadow do we start seeing it and understanding it in a new way like what has been your experience in doing work in acknowledgement of the shadow well I was a long time coming to being comfortable talking about shadow mm -hmm. um and, and maybe some of the folks watching this or listening to this will, will relate to this. When I was a kid and I would reveal things in my innocence, in my joy, and get squished, I learned really fast, it's not safe to share my shadow. In fact, I should be ashamed of it. Uh. So we have so much shame wrapped around shadow and so much shame around just crying in public, sharing tears. Right. It's changing. I really believe that. 10 years ago, shamanism was so out on the fringes and so wackadoodle that um, when I'd say I'm a shamanic practitioner, I cringed. 
and <laughs> and people would say what demonic no no shamanic <laughs> although there are demons, but that's a whole other thing you know <laughs> and and um and now you know shamanism is so mainstream people think it's or they did i think the 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 edge might be off on this now people think it's amazing to um go you know they, it's common to hear of someone taking a plant medicine journey oh, right yeah. and i do believe that working with the shadow will become less of a, a shame tool and more of an open discussion. Yeah. And I love that. And not, not a badge of honor either. I don't want, I don't want people to think I'm walking around going, see, I dealt with my shadow. Here's my badge. You know, <laughs> it's more of, of, I can say my shadows. I can talk about my shadows. I can, Drew wanted to come up. <laughs> I can be, um, I can sit here and, and, um, and, and say that I'm so much better at, at being present with my shadow. And I think, I think people are starting to get it. I, really I love that. It. And I love the idea of just even talking about it and sharing, like, because even as you were saying that, I was thinking of like how much shadow is being revealed for us collectively, you know, culturally, and then again, down individually, especially in the space of like, kind of being stuck with ourselves and starting to realize a lot of what we're holding on to. And, you know, back to what you said at the beginning, like have a list of, you know, numbers of people who you can call and converse with. Like it's so huge just to not just being heard, but even allowing yourself to be heard, you know? Yeah. So I think that's amazing. That's it is we're so well trained to not be allowed to be in pain and just be there that it becomes doubly hard to talk to somebody else. Right. I need a hug, but we're not allowed to right now. So could you give me a verbal hug? Yeah. <laughs> could you, could you just sit on the phone and listen to me complain for five minutes? And, mm -hmm. and it makes, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. We need to be there for ourselves. We need to be okay with it and not, um, not punish ourselves for feeling bad. It's so normal right at the beginning of all this, Yolanda, I, I really, and I had to, you know, tell all my classes we're going to meet online. My cat's going crazy because there's, he's so used to people coming over and now it's just me all the time and I'm so boring. And, <laughs> and, and I've got to be with myself and I'm a high energy person yeah. and I was making myself crazy, you know, and, and I think that, that, that was my process of shadow to work through so I could come to the other side of it and say, you know, I, I like being by myself and, and okay now, everything's okay. But I had to go through it myself. So I, I think everybody's in some stage of that now. I'm so glad that you shared that. I think because it also lets people know just exactly what you said. It's okay to not be okay. And it's just a matter of acknowledging ourselves, working through the layers. And again, I mean, Mara gave you so many different tools to use from phoning a friend to the beautiful salt garden, which... I think I want to create one of those just because <laughs> like, I really liked the imagery of that. But um, even, you know, coming into the breath and working with our power animals and asking questions, asking for guidance, asking for clues. I mean, these things, again, we can all do as well as the beautiful golden ball exercise that you gave us. Yes, your, your body is a tool you can use to connect to everything. It is, it is your embodiment of your soul walking around on earth. 
And so if we take care of our body by being present with it and then engaging in these little rituals that connect energy and body, energy and matter, we keep doing that, reminding ourselves of how sacred we are in each moment, then we are well on the way of being empowered again, no matter what's going on around us, no matter what's happening, we can find a place of peace somewhere inside ourselves. That is beautiful. I think that just on that note, that's a beautiful way to wrap it up. I'm going to have to extract that out and put it in the show notes. It's <laughs> <That is> beautiful. <laughs> and I hope that everyone does, you know, use these beautiful tools and take that moment to recognize how sacred we all are. Like, that is beautiful. I can't thank you enough, Mara, for all that you do, the work that you do, how you support me on my path. I want to let everyone know again, they can find you at maraclearspring.com and learn more about the shamanic weather that you provide, the circles you host, the training and sessions you provide. And how can we find you on Instagram? Is it also Mara Clear Spring? Yeah, I keep it simple because otherwise I forget what names I've created. So I'm Mara Clearspring on Instagram, Mara Clearspring on Twitter, Mara Clearspring in um, Facebook. And yeah, yeah, I keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone can't go outside and hug a tree, they'll feel like they are just from watching your feed and all that you <laughs> share with nature. Yeah, I, I, I try to create a little happy zone, a little peace zone because the media can have so many other things going on. So I'll, I'll just do what I can to help balance that. Yeah, no, it's really beautiful. I love everything that you post. And again, um, the shamanic weather, I would recommend people definitely check that out, especially again, because sometimes just with the different energies that are going on, if we don't understand it, I think it sends us into more of discomfort and panic. But then when someone highlights like, hey, this is what's going on, and this is how these energies may be influencing you, but here are also some tools to work through it, I think it lets us relax a bit. So, yeah. And I'm going to ask you also for the link for Yoga for the Brain, in case anyone wants to check that out. So... Gosh, um, yeah. You can email it to me. I'll put it in the show description. They, yeah, the Christina and Rick Smith, our brother-sister team, they put together several of these books. And uh, I, I happen to participate in this one, and I'll, I'll participate in the next one. And um, there's, there's just a whole series that picked up by Putnam Hill. It's, it's, it's really a wonderful way to blend your taste of spirituality with your need to have some fun mental relaxation fun yeah honey don't we all need that now so thank you so much mara i hope you'll come again and join us in the future sharing some more of your beautiful insights and for everyone else thank you for joining us we'll see you soon thank you yolanda okay everyone so i want to thank you again very special thank you Tamara. Thank you for sharing your insights with us. And if you would like to learn more about Mara and her work, be sure to visit maraclearspring.com or you can follow her on Instagram or Facebook under the same name, Mara Clearspring. Of course, the links are down in the show description if you would like to connect with her right away. And if you would like to learn more about the Reiki Gokai, the precepts, and other tools that help you to go deeper into your own self-observation, be sure to sign up for my newsletter at theenergeticalchemist.com where you will get access to 22 Days of Transformation, which is a guided journey to support you in your process. 
And if you would like to work with me and other members of the Alchemy Circle, you can learn more about that on my website as well. So that is all for today. Again, sending so much love to you all. Remember, remember your compassion. And remember to always journey in love.